Love Talk Radio. What's good? What's good? You? Hey yo, hey yo. What's good? What's good? How you doing? I can't complain. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm over here. Uh, I actually just changed the diaper. I'm chilling. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm chilling with uh. Uh, young Kingston right now. Um, but yeah, and adjusting, adjusting to him being here, and uh, everything to come with. Hey man, it sounds like it's a beautiful, twisted fantasy. It is. It is. It is. It's interesting, but it's cool. It's very cool. How you been? Man, I'm 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 currently in, um juggling things in the summer. You know how that goes. So I'm yeah. between uh collecting data for a dissertation, writing a chapter for a book that comes out soon. Um an article that is still being in the process of mixing it to a journal and some other personal projects, you know, and others, you know, personal growth. So that's about it with me, man. Word, 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 word. Yeah, uh, so thank y'all for joining us for another version of King Vision, Vision of a King. I hope y'all had a good day. Uh, we we caught up real quick. Our bad uh, <laughs> for whoever listening. <laughs> uh, so today is it's pretty blatant. It was for some pretty easy topics that I chose to talk about. Um, it was pretty much legacy in the future of hip hop, uh, and then really really pretty much talking about. Uh, this Tupac movie I wanted to talk about. I want to talk about Prodigy passing, and I wanted to talk about Jay Z having an album coming, and yeah. what that even means, and <clears throat> what that's even gonna look, sound like, whatever. But uh, yeah. yeah, man, I guess we could start with uh, uh, Prodigy passing. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. Like when I first seen it, I was like, "Yo, that's for that's real." And yeah. I was like, dang, that's, crazy. that's just wild. That, um, it just brings back the reality of like health, thinking about health, taking care of yourself. And I mean, I guess with his situation, it's not too much he probably could have did. He probably was taking care of himself best he could. Right. So it's a legend right there for people that don't know. I, I was, I was, I used to listen to Keep It Thorough before uh, uh, basketball games and stuff, even if I was playing in the park somewhere. That's just a dope right. song and a dope beat. And, that's just crazy that that's just crazy yeah. that he passed. Yeah, I mean we we haven't many people haven't mentioned like Quiet Storm by itself, like right, like that that, right. that track alone, like just it's a game changer. So I mean, first and foremost, like you know, respect to um, him passing, um, as well as you know, you know, our condolences to his family and those closer to him than we are, um, and their loss. Um, I'll say for me, um, personally, even hearing the circumstances, it's kind of hit home because um, my childhood home, my next door neighbor had, you know, two brothers who struggled with sickle cell anemia um, and and having a debilitating disease as a uh, so-called African-American in the United States of America is a very um, debilitating experience because there's no research or science that's really dedicated to eradicating this from your um, gene poor genome like we have with other diseases like ALS and 
things like that that affect other populations. So that's just me keeping it 100. Um, and that's the only way I know how to keep it when we're speaking about like people like prodigy because that's really the, the fact. Like, you know, having sickle cell is really, um, you know, seeing their experience and not, you know, not necessarily having it myself, but even seeing the experience as far as like missing days of school and literally like seeing them one day and then the next day or a couple of days, like them going through episodes where you can hear them screaming in the house in pain and things like that. And it's just, um, in one sense, um, with that knowledge, like it's kind of like, well, if that's if there's ever a case where he was in pain or having those episodes more frequently, you know, peace to him being and more, you know, peace from that. Nobody really comes back from death, so ain't nobody running to be back in this world. Um, right. <laughs> but also, right. you know, like there's some real conversation about health of black men because this man was 42 years old, um, as well as like more broadly. Um, medicine and medical research as it relates to um, so-called black and African American people in the United States, we know how that goes and it's not, it's not a trustful relationship neither is um, it intended for our um, long life and, 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 and flourishing into elderlyhood. We see, we, we see this too often. I'm, I'm kind of going off a little bit Omar, my bad, it's been a while but oh, good. It, it's, it's really good. been it's really, it's really kind of getting under my skin like um, we can just say we've been in the era of like, yo, I'm losing, we're losing people similar to, you know, previous years, but like nobody's making it to 60. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, come on now. Like nobody's making it to 60. And, 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 and that's, that's just, I'm going to leave it there. But nobody makes it to 60, man. Right. Right. It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild how they present it. And, and, and like you said, it's, it's two things I wanted to say off of what you were saying. My homegirl, her uh, son has sickle, sickle cell. And she'd tell me about the episodes and then he just like pretty much cry himself to sleep and it's just right. crazy. It's just like a wild thing, like you said, and it's not no the effort ain't the same to like to, to really, really hone in on that. Um uh, and the other thing was on tour. Right. He was on tour. You know, right. that's the that's wild that he, the, the 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 reality that he could be on a road and to have an episode, I mean, like I said, he may be a little bit more comfortable than anybody else in that scenario, but it's still an uncomfortable situation, and he was that de- dedicated to his craft, and which on some level he may have had to be, you know, you to know how he was with his money and all that, but the, in his whole career, that's been a part of a reality that he had to do, so I imagine that that alone makes you tough. Uh, right. You know, so it's, a, it's, 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 it's crazy, and like, like uh, I forgot what I was listening to. Oh, I was listening to uh, I think it was Red Pill, Red Pill, Blue Pill. They was talking about uh, just his his lyrical abilities and he how he became conscious and he got some kind of conscious projects that people don't even know about. And it made me like, dang, I, I'm I'm so it's so saturated right now with music. I missed the reality that he put out a conscious project. So I'm gonna have to right. go listen to that um, because you know he, I can't say that he was one of my favorite rappers, but he's a rapper that. You know, I when I every time I the few times I would go to tracks that he would do, I definitely had you know a good feeling towards him. Um, right. So yeah, like you said, rest in peace to him and condolences to his family. Uh, and I and hope I could, uh, like. Go ahead. I mean, if I could add a little bit more to it, it's it's still it's still one of those things too. Um, <clears throat> as we keep moving and and. The reality of, of death and being synonymous as, during this time, I mean, I can't, we can't even ignore what, what else is going on outside of hip-hop because it's exactly within, within the realm house. Like, this idea of blackness and, and African-Americanness and death 
is all too often becoming intertwined like DNA together. And that's really what it is. Like um, Prodigy wasn't necessarily making a decision to stay on tour and with the idea that he may die from just sickle cell. Like that's not the only, right. uh, only he could, he could die chilling at the crib. So it's one of the things where having that reality that people are, are in some, in some instances, in some ways going balls to the wall because, you know, for us, it's really not guaranteed tomorrow. And that's, and that's, I'm not okay with that. Um, just being clear, yep. but it's that's the reality. Like I, I'd rather die yep. on tour than die in a neighborhood or die because some punk ass whoever, name your role, decided that, that right. my presence wasn't necessary or it was a threat. So, I mean, and that 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 go back to like what we just talked about before, um, needing people is like that's a that's a mature man's thought process because at a young age you push everything out the window like in the moment so um, you know it's it's like getting to that point and uh, he's actually a good a good uh example of that too because he had some beefs that he later on squashed and like i said the fact that he had the balls to put out conscious music a lot of artists they become conscious and just pretty much not do music no more or uh or, or or do still do some of the other stuff but not really put it in the music and um jay-z actually good for it apparently they saying this new album's supposed to be conscious uh i don't really want to go all the way into that yet because i want to save some energy for that but okay. uh yeah it's, it's, they say he he one of them but uh i don't be seeing it he still sometimes in my opinion mr mark even though he did he do it here and there but you know and people be praising him it's like oh it's a triple entendre you might have missed it and one thing that I, I will say um to add to if i can anything um his legacy a little bit is like it's not necessarily being conscious that conscious has a has a certain buzzword to it that by the time we get to the end of whatever's going on right now we'll know that's not it i feel like artists right now um in all types of rap are being more conscientious like um, even though they have this crazy buzz right now, um, I've been following Amigos for a while, and it's really interesting if you take a minute to listen, like, they're way more conscientious even over their time of exactly what they're saying. And, yeah, they're, they're doing the poppy, you know, things that you expect from rap, but they're still, like, if you go through their their their, their music, like a whole album, it's like, okay, these guys in certain songs are really trying to say something that are really, you know, will embed things in there that they're thinking – well, I can't just be completely ignorant to what's going on out here. Right, right. I wanna, I wanna and that's kind of dope too. Yeah, instead of being conscious, more like they're being more conscientious. Like, yo, I know people out here, they ain't never seen Gwinnett County. They, they, I don't need kids thinking that that's all I ever did was, you know, I went to school, I was on a football team. Like, these are things that I want, if I start sharing more real things about myself and about the experience of being an artist interacting with corporations, Oh man, like that's the one thing that a lot of artists are making sure they're hipping people to like, bro, ain't no different being an artist than being a person who works in the mail truck. Right. <laughs> right. Especially now. Especially now, because it's, it's right there in your face. Like we literally right. have have, you know, offices right now where people are, are pinning your songs and you can go look up the reference tracks. Cause people don't care no more. It's just like, well, we want find we, we want three M tracks. And I call them three M tracks because like it's not the track that you wanted that is raw. It's the track that we think make we make it better. Right. Right. I and I knew it was real with the corporate when I mean I've been knew it was real, but when I seen I think it was offset in the gap ad, 
it was Gap, and then he had two other like kind of um, luxury brand, luxury urban more so. I mean, or luxury casual, I'll say not because not it's not urban at all. But right. he was the face of it, and it's like him and his his kind of messy dreads, and it's just wild that he's like the face of this. And I guess too, the people that some of the people looking at it don't know it's him. But he's still getting the extra recognition on other sides and the other areas where now he's a part of a different conversation. So it could be a situation where dudes is being exposed to so much reality and they see in the world. Because anybody that's done traveled a little bit know the world is fucked up. <laughs> so you know, it's one of them situations where you know they anybody if you start making it for real, unless you got a cold heart, you can't help but become some kind of conscientious to what's going on. Especially if you have way more um, power and authority over how you travel the world and what you're allowed to see or what you expose yourself to, and I think all types of artists are exposing them are showing their true colors through their music right now. As far as even when I reached the, the, the stardom and fame, what type of fans and people do am I still engaging myself with? So right. like similar, to, we'll go back to Prodigy. It's kind of like um, through his rise, like you know. Similar to other artists, he wasn't necessarily still going platinum right now, as we're as we've been talking about. But um, he still was relevant, you know what I'm saying? He still, um, even through his heyday, um, showed some growth and and can go international in a way that um, I'm willing to go anywhere um, to to access to see what my see where my fans live because I'm writing things that that um, you got to know who you're writing for. And you can't right. write these gritty, these gritty hood tracks and then um, try to figure out why you're not being invited to the Hamptons. The Hamptons ain't who you're writing for. Right, They're right. They're still going to invite you because you got to stand. It's a show for the Hamptons. Let's be clear. Right. But at the end of the day, you have, you, your next album going to show who you've been doing these shows for. Have you been dancing on Bobby Smurder tables? You know what I'm saying? Right. And somebody, and somebody like Mob Deep and, and Prodigy, you know they do numbers overseas somewhere. You know, right. I can see I can see Russia or somewhere or you know somewhere in middle of Europe loving Mobby right now, bruh, <laughs> bruh. Just I, even even if you want to go into challenge the cultural barrier sometimes and say in the Middle East, man, in, in the oh, world, yeah. Yeah. Middle East, yeah. in that in that you know desert region between North Africa and Turkey and and, and, and Afghanistan, like. That's the, the, their sound alone fits the dem- fits the uh, cultural uh, demographic, if you will. Right. I was uh I was uh mixing up um in the mix with a a, a singer from Poland, and she, uh, she was telling me how uh, this was like probably last year. She was telling me how uh, in Poland, uh, like Busta Rhymes is popping right now, and pretty much like all the big '90s artists that's what's popping over there in poland right now so it's almost like man it's so much money to go around and them people still got so many fans it's like you know they're still touring you know they're still having an effect and to know that artists that we kind of grew up on is dying on some health stuff like you said it is some real reality on some like you know in general we got to understand that this is bigger than us this right. is bigger than a lot of different things, and it's like we got to be conscious. Then we got to start thinking about our families, and we got to start thinking about habits, and we got to start thinking about the bigger picture when it comes to health. And it's hard to do. 
But, but uh, these, go just, ahead. Just, just to add a little bit in there, though, at what point in time during our life have we been given an optimum opportunity to focus on health and nutrition? That's another point. Like, that's one thing that um, when it comes to the, a lot of these early deaths, it's like, you know, hey, guys, let's take care of ourselves going forward. It's like, ho, 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 player. You had 18 years of your life under somebody else's house who had different financial situations, different resources where um, this process has already started. Yeah, you're trying to minimize its effects and go forward in a better path. I support that. But let's hold these people accountable for who for the next generation so they're not poisoning them for the next 18 years until they get out and we then they get on a, another diet. Right. And, and it's crazy. Go for it. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was saying it's crazy, too, because um, people getting so conscious of it, it's almost like now they got to find another angle because people juicing, people going raw, people, you know what I'm saying? They they decide not to ha- uh, introduce dairy into their diet at all. Right. Um, all kinds of stuff. To And it's, kind of, it's to a point where um, you can't just, that's not going to be a, a full angle that you're going to be able to take. So that's kind of dope to see, too. Um, but um, it's, it's 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 in general, like I said, to see that people like that um are starting to pass and and health things are kind of starting to enter the realities of, like I said, the people who like the the ones that partied a little too hard, they're gonna start the show in a second, you know, and the ones that still like people like Trick Daddy, who uh, I rock with Trick Daddy, even though he be wilding sometimes, um, uh. But they he he came on Breakfast Club and straight said he still put uh uh cocaine up in his blunts sometimes. Right. Uh to a point where he got to. Right. So, you know, think about these dudes talking about lean and talk about like how long that's really gonna last, you know, as far as the health and some of these dudes old. Like two chains is old a little bit older, Rick Ross a little bit older. You know, so that's a different conversation. Um when it comes to wealth. That's why Ross Ross be up and down with it now. He uh he try to stay on some level fit with it, but um at the end of the day, um it's like that image of health and 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 and, like, and longevity, like you said, is not really a a common theme and topic. Um, right. And, and hopefully, I mean, it, it, and it probably is there now with the come up some of the new guys, um like like Yachty. That's one thing about Yachty. He always talk about. He don't do blunts and he don't need no blunts and he can have fun and he don't got to drink and that's kind of dope. <laughs> uh, on some other, on some, I don't really rock with him, but the reality that that's a message that he would push and he know that a lot of kids listen to his music. That's kind of cool. Uh, I kind of want to play devil's advocate on this one. <laughs> well, go, go ahead, because I, I mean, otherwise I definitely trash Yachty. Because my my most recent interaction, if you will was in a, like that interview he had on whatever platform has the Joe Buttons and the academic character. Yeah. And I find him, like, whenever, whenever he used to be in a classroom, like, it's, it was beginning, but it was it's, it's now on full blast as far as, like, yeah, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I kind of hide my own supply, and my own supply mm-hmm. is this thing I call happy. And it's like, mm-hmm. what is that? I don't know, man, I'm just happy. <laughs> right, right, like, right. No, no, no. Like people die in the rap, your family's like, look, I know that man, but life is short, so I got to be happy. <laughs> right, right. So it was like, no, 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 no. You understand, like the world is going on around you. <laughs> right. 
but you at the same time, bro, like I said, Yadi not Yadi didn't just come out of nowhere. He didn't just come out of nowhere. He uh he his his dad his dad is like a a a, a successful photographer. You good? Um and um so he probably came up with some money. You know what I'm saying? And and like he if he's talking in the interview saying that he was the cool guy in the school and you think about it, he had some money. He was a cool guy in the school. He probably was the only black guy in the school, more than likely. You know what I'm saying? Or one of the few. And then he had money to have clothes and re- make record music and all this, that, and the third. So it's almost like, how much can you really expect from him? <laughs> you know, because right. he might be legit happy because he done grew up. He done got everything he ever wanted. He done took trips. He done traveled. Like, he done seen stuff. You know what I'm saying? So it's a situation where... He ain't somebody. He know what's going on, but that ain't his life. So he just he just make this happy go lucky basic elementary music, and people rock with it for some reason. Uh, I mean, part of what part of my argument is that it's indicative of what I'll, I'll go from the education angle. This is very indicative of um, where people's comprehension is. So um, as much as he is. Um, "Quote unquote," moving the culture forward musically. It's, it's when you keep putting him in the image of or in the face of people, you even put an illusion out there because I mean, really, Omar, how many people were like wearing their hair like Yachty before they before then? Like this just came out of nowhere. It's something he was doing. Right, right. <laughs> so it's kind of like even you know, he's a kid that was in a space that would produce this, um, and now you know. He's taking advantage of it. I can't really. I mean, he left college to do this. These are all, you know, these are all parts of the story that. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and he kept saying he was a broke college student, and I'm like, brother, your broke is different, and I know that. So I think it's, 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 you, they've been wanting to create this version of black people for so long, and they almost got it. You got the hipster black dude, you got the skateboard black dude, you got the yachty, happy-go-lucky black dude. They really trying to phase out that gangster. That's why my brother yeah. really came to the reality that that thug and gangster shit ain't cool no more. The kids don't give a fuck. And the worst thing about it, Omar, is that there's a there's I understand the phasing out of it, but there's a place for it, and there's aspects and characteristics and themes of it that if these things die out. Then the then the plan continues to work, and I you know that's that's what you're speaking to, and your brother's even coming to realization of like, yeah, um, I knew it was switching up whenever Kanye West hit the scene, but it was more so like he's just a step away from what these guys are. He's from Chicago. He da 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 da. These are all these things that I was told to validate that you look. He's just a urban kid who happened to be smart and have a mom who pushed him. You know what I'm saying? That fit me. That fit me. And and the more and more these things, you know, you learn about that's not necessarily the case. <laughs> right. It was well right. Off, you know what I'm saying? You know, the whole story of we got kicked out of a house. It was like, and we moved early. It's like, well, who gets kicked out of a house and moves early? Who could do that? Poor people? Right. No. <laughs> right. So, okay. y'all, y'all right. just move. Y'all get kicked out. <laughs> right. And they, and they, uh, a lot of people be uh, on, especially from Chicago. I don't watch a whole bunch of videos where dudes was like, yeah, he's not from Chicago. Right. <laughs> he, because like any, urban, like any urban city, there's so many places where, um, I call it because I just traveled back from Chicago recently. You know, when you get close to big cities and the highways start to get live again, like the streetlights come on, you get four mm-hmm. lanes again. 
those places, but it's not, you don't know if you're there yet. So it's like, before you get to Charlotte and you hit like uh, uh, Gastonia. <laughs> right, right, right. You're like that right. way, you're like, oh man, I'm in Charlotte. It's like, no, fam, you, you, you about 30 minutes out still. <laughs> right, right. You got, you, got, you got a couple more eggs to go. Please don't, right, but, please don't play yourself. <laughs> right. But if you blow up, you might claim Charlotte because you're like, that's really, it's a bigger place. And nobody's going to know where I'm from. Right, right. Right. So that's what happens a lot of yeah. times, and, and and having these places be and what you what, let me let me slow down. What we're talking about is because the rapper and the MC went from a person who was um, either a street dealer or a poor person who had a lyrical skill or had a certain voice or had a certain prowess is now gone to some of the, you know to whatever effect a upper middle class or middle class um, suburban individual, male and female, who has a totally different experience. So even for people like your brother and other people that we know, where where does that more rough and tumble individual find a space? Because does it, do they have to wear the skinny jeans? Do right. they have to wear tight t-shirts? Right. Like, I think there still should be, I'm a person that I'm really realizing we still got to make space for uh, people on the more archaic end, if if you will, according to the other people. Right. Um, <laughs> right. It's like, no, 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 no. Understand, somebody get hit in the fucking mouth. Like, there, there's still right. going to be a time for that. And the issue right. is that whenever it's time for somebody to get hit in the fucking mouth, no matter what their so-called role is, we just all want to be like, no, we need to go to somebody else, a parent, to, to spank them. It's like, no, there's no parent out here. <laughs> right, right. The only way to deal right. with adults is deal with adults. So there was, there was always a place for the so-called thug or gangster. But that's why during a certain period in American history, um, irregardless to race, um, there were certain people who, no matter, even though they dressed in suits, you knew that if you crossed them one way, you might not live to see tomorrow. Right. And right. that is still a place today. <laughs> right, right. And that, that, and that kind of brings us to the next, uh, like I said, the thing about uh, Tupac in this movie, I haven't seen it myself. Um right. And, and but he's definitely a prototype. Uh, and and even when you look into him and his character, uh, some challenge the whole gangster image because of his acting and his art school. And he he had a, he had a very feminine. Uh, he was very in touch with his feminine side. Uh, right. So a lot of people pull the whole gangster card. But as far as representing uh, alpha male, he definitely represented publicly uh, alpha male. And um, right. it's a situation where. A lot of people are saying that this whole this film didn't really, you know, depict him and who he was and how he, you know, it was a very uh, shallow look into him uh, and his life. And I was trying to tell someone the other day, like, you know, 200 years from now, when no more fans are here and the music is here a little bit. It's still there, but well, I know a little bit. The music is still there, but that's the only thing that's left. The big time fans that was alive and the people that was alive when and really walk with him die off. This is going to be a, a part of the legacy. This film, right? So right. this is what people, how people are going to perceive this man and how he carried himself and how he did his music and all of that. And it's sad to know. And everybody, and I was trying to tell some people too, y'all should have known they was going to fumble the Tupac movie and the Biggie movie. Come on, y'all think they're going to really paint the picture? in a way that was going to be positive for especially Tupac and, and, and knowing his legacy and who, who he really is as a person and who his parents are as people and, and, in a situation who, where they're not going to really do that like that. Who in the, excuse me. Who in the fuck is paying for these movies and who is co-signing right. for 
I'm, I'm, am, you know, I am sick and tired. I am sick and tired of we getting our hopes up because somebody claimed they're gonna have a a film, a mover, if you will, um, an epic biopic. <laughs> a biopic, if, but but it, first and foremost, this is somebody that we that we all saw. So this ain't this. Right. They're still making movies for people that. They're making movies for our age group right now. We're kind of in the sweet spot. So, like, we got the money. You try to make sure we get out here and, and come support this every week. So, you, you made a Tupac movie purely because of our fanhood. But, like you said, like, bro, this is the whole point. We've been seeing this since uh, Lifetime movies and, and VH1 biopics and shit. Like, this right. is to set the narrative to a certain place so that going forward, we can always go back to this entertainment let's let's be clear entertainment to say this was true so one thing right. i always ask myself like i step back and be like bruh in the jackson family you think joe jackson was really that abusive with a with a with a black woman in the house like don't get me wrong could be could be close to fact but they that family didn't ever like super break up <laughs> they, they they never stopped speaking to each other like do you think people really like they do but like to what degree did the movie kind of paint Joe Jackson a certain light for a different reason other than this is how the household was. He right. could, they could have right. what we call normal whoopings for that age, for that time period, like every other black family. Right, right, right. Similar to, and, similar to Ike Turner, it's kind of like people knew Ike Turner was abusive, but to what degree was all these uh, run-ins all factual? And, and you know, this is not questioning or co-signing the abuse, but still, how much of that movie, What's Love Got to Do With It, was accurate of a biopic for Tina Turner's life versus, you know, we got these certain messages you want to get out here through her life. You see what I'm saying? Right. Right. And, and it's crazy, too, how they how they kind of pick and choose uh, the timing and the people who they embellish and what they embellish and... Um, you know, like the 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 showing of uh Suge Knight and then and, and get showing him and straight out of Compton and um it, it just it's just crazy how it's almost like with certain people when you when you tell a story story at a certain point and there's only certain other people around to chime in the right. again the story gets kind of it stays on whatever road that you put it on really. And you can you can kind of more kind of have control over the narrative, and that's what makes the whole thing scary. Like I I'm bet the, the the Jay Z movie is gonna be the best movie about a rapper ever, whenever that movie comes. But I guarantee it's gonna completely shit on all the other movies. And Red Pill Blue Pill made a good point about the Tupac movie. They were saying like straight out of Compton kind of set a standard. And people's mind don't really allow them to not compare. So people right. were kind of low-key expecting the Tupac version of Straight Outta Content. And I thought that was interesting, too. But are you, if you're really going to take the time to make... That's almost like, as far as hip-hop is concerned, this is my analogy. Like, doing the Tupac movie is almost like doing the Passion of the Christ for hip-hop. <laughs> as, far as, hip-hop as far as a hip-hop movie is concerned. And so it's almost like you can't really... I mean, it, it, as far as it, our generation, as far as somebody who people consider touch more people and touch all this, the, 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 as far as a person, yeah. the, the this I, is the I, movie I, that you don't really fumble. And outside of finding somebody to look like them, it sounds like they fumbled the whole reality. And that's why I, I'm I almost but, don't even want to see it. 
but it's one of those things where even during the lifetime, the reality was being bent and manipulated when he was alive. So why, why do we think right. that there would be a straight and clear narrative of who he was, how he was like, even, even if I, if you want to support the film, I'm, I'm almost thrown back because it's kind of like uh, expose me to, a, to, to um, how he was or who he was or who she was outside of what we know as the customary thug life or, you know, kind of like trying to be this and like almost like um, yelling throughout the movie, you know what I'm saying? Like we know that people, the human experience is so vast and diverse that these movies are shrinking it into an exponentially small chasm. But how you do that shows you how much diligence you've gone into to make sure. One thing when you mentioned Jay-Z, it's kind of like, Jay-Z's ownership, supposedly, of his identity, his label, his distribution, would be the infor- would be the impact that it has on a biopic or, or movie later made. Like, one thing that, like, at this point in time when the movie's made, what, who owns the Tupac Shakur image? Because we know in this current paradigm of philosophical legal thought, you can own somebody's name and image so who made money off of this Tupac Shakur movie? Everybody. Right, right, right. So those are the people who made sure that this, who approved that it looked like this or allowed it to be this way. Be, and who uh, who made money sometimes will tell you who cared about what. Right. That's definitely that's definitely a, a good look into that whole um, how and why and who, because just like in the Biggie movie, how they because I thought the Biggie I'm a, as a Biggie fan, the Biggie movie was trash. Notorious was trash. The dude that played Biggie was trash. Like I don't know. I just I mean, and, and I guess too maybe that was me expecting something else of Biggie. But it's kind of like you know, Lil Kim was mad of how they portray her, and it's just the way that they went about the story, and it was so much that was left out as far as could have been depicted, and it's like, and then I think like you said, the people that are being chosen to do these films. It's almost like you got to find somebody that was around. Who was who was taking the 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 the, the videos for for Bad Boy back then? That's who needs to direct these movies. Right. You know who was taping the videos for Death Row back then? Right. But but you know it's not going to happen because um, one thing about these movies too is that these are basically VH1 biopics or Lifetime movies that because of the height of of the image of person. We're gonna take it to we're gonna take it to the to to the big screen so y'all gonna pay you know for for the movie. We're not gonna put more effort into it, right? And this is we keep getting suckered by. It's kind of like they made it sound like they had to go out and just really find somebody who could play this role or that role. That's why it takes so long. It's like man, fuck all that. Y'all done right. more with less. Like no, you know that this is this is on your back burner half ass because that's really what black entertainment is for the larger mainstream. Like outside right. of you need to watch this so you can understand what it means is to be a goddamn American. Like they don't really give a fuck about our entertainment. Right. This Tupac movie is as as much as anything. So to notorious like, I mean, it's, I'm glad we getting it, but the timing, what the fuck, uh, out of nowhere, uh, and right. half ass get it, and and even like hearing some of the comments about the meticulousness of making sure that the technology is fluid or the lingo is, you know, like these are things right. that. Like a slap in the yeah. face. Like you gotta think about like Game of Thrones. How many people you think are on the staff for that show that just watch like, no, that shit didn't happen in ancient time. No, that shit didn't happen. You know what I'm saying? Like right. they just right. on that shit the whole time. 
But right. most of these other movies kind of like, well, we don't really care about the storyline. We got these other shit we're trying to get into the movie because this is the scene we want Tupac to look like this. Right. And it's like they don't even, like, some of the stuff was crazy that, that people were saying. It's almost like the TLC movie they said they had to rock at the bar. Right. <laughs> like, right. sloppy with it and don't even care and they know it ain't right, but it's like, whatever. Just do a bar for these blackies and TLC get them out of here. Doing a goddamn TLC movie. Take it easy. Be happy. Right. Right. And it's like, couldn't y'all have waited a little longer? These some of these people still make music. How you doing their movie already? Like, they they career not over. You really doing them in? It's almost like you're putting them to bed. Like, okay, well they're done. Uh, Because as we talked to talked about in the passing of my brother Prodigy, like because your life and your career will not uh, last to to the end of time. Like one thing that I'm I'm uh, now a proponent of as I age. Is not nah, fuck that. Like I want to see Jay Z rap till he's sixty five, seventy five. I'm going to a, I'm going to the Blueprint reunion concert with him and Just Blaze, and I don't give a goddamn they, if they rapping in, in wheelchairs because we <laughs> we have to allow these people to age because they celebrated Frank Sinatra till motherfucker was dead. <laughs> right, right. Like it'll be right. these motherfuckers died on the toilet. Like no, we're not doing this. Like we're not gonna fall into that system of we only need young and hot and uneducated or uh, you know. Less wisdom. Like one thing we know is that the older you get, the wiser you get. You can't ignore the world. So we do need artists that who are, as they get older, going to go got to put out things that are more conscientious because you got kids, you have you know finances, you got other things that are going on. So I'm trying to support the hey young people. You got your hip hop. We got our hip hop. This is all a part of a larger culture that we're all a part of. Right, and it's it's so crazy where uh um. Like you said, uh, so that that pretty much, like you said, tie into the next thing that I wanted to talk about with this Jay-Z album. is like, I've been, for the past, since like 2013, I've really been a proponent, a proponent of pretty much fuck that. Like, is every other genre is allowed to be diverse. They're right. allowed to have the kiddie version all the way up to the, the elderly version, to the weird right. version, to the off version. And it's accepted, and they make money, and they can tour, and they can have a situation, and it's all fine. But when it comes to hip hop, they really try to pigeonhole it and make it seem like a young man's thing. And when you not when you older doing it, they make it seem lame. And they make it right. to a point where a lot of the older dudes be on some young man shit and talk about young man shit because they know that that's what sells and it make it hard for dudes to do it. But it's to a point now with so much music and with it being super saturated. I'm saying, man, if you just create, man, you will fuck around and create a lane because it's going now. We already got sixty year olds that want to hear fucking hip hop. But they to a point where they like some of the stuff that come on the radio, but they don't want to listen to that all day. And they right. tired of listening to the same old songs that they've been listening They're looking for artists to listen to, and this is the time for them artists to really get off. You don't need no label. You can just record and make your music and get off and have adult hip-hop. And you can even no call That's probably what they're going to end up calling it at the end of the day, adult contemporary hip-hop. And it's on some paying bills. I got a family. I got kids. Regular shit. <laughs> but what the, the sad thing about it, oh, is... is the reason why we have to take this even one step further is that we don't, our people are not, our artists and entertainers and people who, even though um, they're not the most important, but they're not living to, they're not being, they're not living and being supported to old age. Um, they're being left out to dry. And not only are they being left out to dry, they're leaving us out to dry during their career. Then as they age, hey, let's get back. You know, you enjoyed me. It's like, nah, bro, you, you kind of sold out. We good. Um, yeah, you live down the street from me now, but you're not famous no more. It's kind of like, nah, man, it's not about fame. It's about community. 
and understand that if we can get if they can be famous from our community, yep. It's, I don't know if the term we wouldn't use the term diva, but like we got Aretha Franklin, Pat LaBelle, so like who we got still. Right, like Franklin, Shakan, and they still do shows. Like Smokey Robinson, just like they okay, but every year we hear, especially with black men, male artists, like somebody's dying. Right, and if you hear right. some age, like hold on, hold on, hold on, this person smoked weed, did crack, and was was fucking loose women their whole career as a rock star, and they still good. Right, right. Tell me, tell me the math on this. How is how is this person still living? Is this healthcare? They both meanwhile, meanwhile, we're losing a, a, a few Chicago rappers a year. <laughs> a few. Come on now. Come on and that, now. And that, and I watched a documentary on that going, kind of jumping off, off, the, off the rails a little bit. Uh, I watched some documentaries on that and, and some just songs and how the, the songs make a beef and people make references and songs and that's enough to get you killed and do see each other. It's on and popping and it's real and you dead. Like, just like that. Dude's 12, 13, 14, and 15 just out here t- getting bodies and ain't, ain't thinking nothing about it. Listen, I, I went to Chicago, right? With my old lady's family, you know, for a graduation at Or Academy High School. And I don't know if you ever heard about Or Academy High School, but that's one of those high schools that I believe um, that 30 for 30 with Benzie, the basketball player. Uh-huh. I believe he went to Orr because it's in, it's in West Chicago. Okay. Okay. Now, Google first and foremost. Don't give a fuck about where where it takes you to. to. <laughs> it, it GPS just take you like you going through anywhere. Right. So we ride to get to her sister's house, and it's in West Chicago. And I'm like, well, this is my opportunity to see. Is it propaganda that's going on in Chicago? Right. Or right. Chicago, right. Right. They say it is. <laughs> right. Omar, bruh. It's real. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like I was telling Torch, I was like, "Listen, man, you know the clues of a urban, urbanized, d- dilapidated environment. You know those clues, and normally you're gonna get if there's a list of ten in a bad place, you're gonna get the, between five and eight. Right. In that environment, I got nine total. <laughs> right. <laughs> like consistently, right. like people walking around, bicycles, police. I think those are fireworks, or maybe those are gunshots. Um, why is that house got 20 people on the porch? Why are we on this street? I feel like we shouldn't be down the street. Like, this is... And understand that this is all intentional, because um, as, I walk, as I'm riding with people who are from there, like, look around. Like, literally, there is nothing here. And that is on purpose, because you can go ride... Like, you know how it goes in urban areas. Like, literally, you just ride down the street, and all of a sudden, uh, Cherry Blossom Street turned into motherfucking Oak Street. Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. Uh, well, I guess I need to know, I need to look around Oak Street now and understand where I'm going. Right. And, and make sure I'm I'm checking every block where looking for them symptoms. Because I thought, you don't want to ride up on the wrong thing. I just saw people jogging on this street. I did not make a left or right. <laughs> what right. is going on right. in Chicago? Like, and it's like, literally, you're watching justification and you're watching... Um, if you're looking at it like a medical sense, you're watching what they appear to see as a antibody for urban decay. The urban area right. has been dilapidated by these black folk that we let live there. Now we need to come back and save it with our juice juice bars and sushi spots. And dog bars. 
Lift up the dog bars. Oh, no, no. Not just dog bars, because you got to remember, dogs need parks, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the dogs dog park. <laughs> across, from the, across from the trap store, that's still the trap store. <laughs> right. And that's crazy. And understanding that, um, going back to what we were saying about the, the prodigy archetype and that kind of rough and rugged, that still can grow into manhood, but you know not to cross prodigy, um, to see those people with a dog park and being right across from the trap house or being in certain spaces with a certain confidence of, you know, you know that the only people you can touch are people like you from this area. I can walk through this area fine because you know that in a few weeks or a few months or a few years, we're going to change the taxes. We're going to break this down or we're going to say, you know, it's too dangerous over here, but then we're going to put some nice um, high luxury apartments that are um, economically fair, whatever the language is um, based on, uh, you know, but, but at the end of the day, you're not going to be here. And I'm showing you right now that to walk through your neighborhood, this is going to change. Right. Right. And I cannot be touched. I am untouchable. If you touch right. me, the entire U.S. military come in your neighborhood for killing me. Right. Just me. That's, that's <laughs> the problem at a dog park across the street from the trap house. Right. Because even <laughs> it could be a damn dog that get and it could be a dog hit by a car. The shit's going to stop for about a day. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna shut this shit all the way down to investigate who did a hit and run on the uh who did a hit and run on somebody's collie somebody had a collie that looked like Lassie got smashed by a car and then yeah. he kept going. Just walk, bro. I, I appreciate it to a degree, but just walking downtown, like in every city now in America, you just walk downtown. Like ain't no homeless right. people. Ain't ain't nobody asking for change. Like people people are sitting down maybe asking for change. But they 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 those are normally the hustlers. Those people got good housing shit. But I'm talking about people right. who actually dilapidated, who've been left in, in 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 New York or in Atlanta or in Chicago or L.A. Like it's like where are those people at? Right, right. And it's cra- the whole the whole situation be crazy. And like, and like I said, it'll be wild with the whole buy back the block because they was like uh, somebody was like you know it was crazy that gentrification happened, but the affluent blacks won't move to the gentrified neighborhood. Right. It's like that's kind of a, that's kind of a perfect situation situation if you think about it, but it's a situation where people it's like if you was raised in that a lot of people mentality is like why do I why would I go live back over there like you know what I'm saying like even though it's a new spot yeah. they yeah. like they, they want people want to feel like they made it so they got to be in South Charlotte around the corner from South Park Mall to be like all right, right. so now I made it in Charlotte because we've been programmed honestly Omar as oppressed marginalized people. Uh, captive in this country to literally put ourselves on the island to make our lives better. And that's a fucking anomaly. That's never going to work. And they like, when I say a, a, a island, you can just look at it culturally. It's like, okay, me and my household that I'm creating are from a 1990s, early 2000s hip hop era that I've heard Congress talk about, that I've heard uh, uh, summits talk about. I've, take, I've gone to whole conferences telling me that I shouldn't listen to this because it's going to ruin my life. Okay, I'm, I made it. I'm good. But you know what? I'm going to move to an area where these are the exact same people who hated my music, who hated my culture, right. and who still, to a degree, think, well, if you still listen to it, this is who you are. Right. I'm going to surround right. myself by those people, and because you physically live there, you're going to have to interact. And that's almost like human nature. Like, you're going to be on the island. You're like, no. Even if it's them seeing you walk from your house to your car, right. it will be an interaction 
where cultures will have to be dealt with. Right. But why do we do that? Like, why do you, like, we saw that progressively happen. There's no, like, like, I read a study a while ago. There is no black middle-class neighborhood in the United States anymore. Like, zero. Like, not upper middle class, not, you know, upper class. I'm talking about just black, working, you know, garbage trucks, work custodian, you know, just middle class, houses, families, neighborhoods. Zero. You either live in the ghetto or you may have a big house somewhere isolated because you literally may have a few other black people in your subdivision, not in your, in your on your street, not in your neighborhood per se, but in the division. Yeah. And you did it yeah. to yourself because you bought the house there. Right. Well, it's almost like everywhere they trying to, except for places where they can't really do it, they really trying to create a, a mixed environment. So it's a variety of everything everywhere. It's like might be a little hood, a little, you know, a little kind of oh, urban type house around the corner from, uh, you know, something nice and just that's mixing it up. You know, what's, the, what's diversity really uh, whenever you start seeing it at uh, mid-major and research one institutions and college and universities? Like what diversity and mixed is for them is 70 to 80 percent um, mainstream and some random mixings of 1 percent, 2 percent, 3 percent of everybody else. Y'all figure it out. If that right. means there's only a people, that means we're going to have one black, one Asian, one Hispanic, and a. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> Because that's right. diversity is the mix. So even in your neighborhood, that's what it really looks like. Yeah. And it, it, it's really a situation where um, it, it, in, any, in any black neighborhood, if you don't really act to maintain some level of, I guess, identity for the area and the neighborhood, it's going to be lost in the sauce. And it's never people are never going to know that that was once a thriving black area. Like, people don't know. Just like... In Charlotte, we had Freedom Mall. People don't know Freedom Mall off Freedom Drive was a popping mall. It was a successful mall. Had all the black stores. Like it was the black mall, one of the black malls in Charlotte. Just like right. y'all had Carolina Circle in Greensboro, right? Am I right? Right, right. It was popping, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, why did why did we have something in both cities that was doing well, and all of a sudden it's like it was just taken away all of a sudden? Like what right. what happened? Like people didn't. And then maybe other malls opened up. And I know in Charlotte, other malls opened up. That had better products, more products, and so you had options. And uh, the the black mall only carried certain things; you couldn't get everything from there. And so that kind of drew people away. And the the mega malls, like the Concord Mills, eventually kind of took over. But um, it's kind of it's, it's it's just crazy that it's something like that wouldn't be allowed to thrive. Um, and then that's the reality of you know it don't matter if money flowing through there or not. We ain't about to watch all this black shit make money. And if it do make money, everybody making money gonna be Arab, uh, they're gonna be Asian, they're gonna be white, they're gonna be Hispanic, they're not gonna be black. You right. know, and so that 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 blew my mind too. And it was and that was another thing too, as far as realizing that it, this gentrification is real and it's to a point where the uh and the isolation is real to a point where um certain neighborhoods don't care. I had a I had a, a, a sociology professor who had an Asian husband uh, right. discuss how she was looking for a house uh, in Myers Park area, South Park, South Charlotte, and um, the realtor wouldn't show her certain houses in certain areas on some like no, I'm sorry, 
And it's like, it didn't matter how much she said her, her husband's like super successful. He make a lot of money. Um, she's yeah. successful in her career and education. And they really wouldn't show the house, wouldn't show them the house. And it's like, dang, for me, that was like, dang. And she's talking about for her because she's white. So she didn't realize that it was really that serious. And it's, it's, it's kind of really that serious. You know, it's like, oh, you, you're going to really change the environment in a way that we don't want people to really be comfortable that that's the reality of what's going on over there. So, no, you can't see this house. Right. I mean, that's, it's, what, it's, that's the thing where wow. I deal with, which is, like, manipulating the environment, which is, that's what we're, we're dealing with. Like, all these things are trickled down. These are, are, are epistemologically throughout the things that are, 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 are the problems with our fucking world. Like, it's literally, like, the manipulation of environments for um, what we perceive as um, the betterment of one individual or group over dominating over suppressing over another, and that and that is how 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 long we participate in that illusion that that is not the case. That's that's what right. I often like go back to. It's kind of like no no no. Like how often we participate in an illusion that um, us losing our artists before the age of sixty is okay and natural. Right. Right. Even when I found about found out about Freeway with his uh, kidneys and all the situations he was going through health wise, it's like he's such a young dude. Like that's crazy to know that he's like he was on some life threatening type stuff. Um, right. And when you talk about when you talk about people being programmed, they go back to his Jay Z album. I saw somebody post a thing that said Jay Z's dropping an album. Should we care? And I was like, right. dang, it's really like they really trying to really like fossilize like some people in his again going back to the youth thing, like they really trying to make it like, what is he doing? He too old. But I was like, Jay mess around and drop some shit that is that's so hard is it's gonna be on some legendary hip hop type because he got the ability to do it, he in position to do it, he can be mature and it's okay. He get he already get the pass from a good chunk of old heads. So right. it's gonna get the green light from old Jay Z fans anyway. But some some of the younger people, especially with Yachty saying some of these artists don't matter, and some of these younger kids kind of being on some lyrics don't matter type stuff, is like, is, is it gonna do numbers? And we don't buy music no more. But like, should we care that Jay Z's making music? And I I'm always a fan to say people kind of gas Jay Z up. Like Jay Z's a good artist and he's a legend of hip hop. But I feel like if Tupac and Biggie would have stayed alive, we wouldn't give a fuck about what Jay-Z did and his albums and his music the way we did. Like, right. he was able to move the way he moved. It was my opinion that he was able to move the way he moved because at the time, who was his competition for real? You right. know, he was the only one that was kind of there dominating like that. But if he if he would have, if Tupac and Biggie was alive, or even one of them would have just been alive by themselves, especially say Biggie, because he was the New York rapper at the time, Jay-Z would have been like, like fabulous, I think. Where right. it was, I can't say. I mean, I'm kind of shitting on him, but I don't think it it would have been this whole big. Oh my God, Jay Z, because Biggie would have made so much music, and he would have had so many. Can you imagine a Biggie, a real Biggie feature with Cash Money, or a real Biggie feature with you know some of them artists that came along when when the South started coming up, Outkast and all of that. Like that right. would have been wild. That would have I mean, been and, wild. And, and what you what you're doing is pushing pushing the envelope of no this is the story of how it went to 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 outside of that preview to be like man come on now like after these two individuals were assassinated 
this is the person that people start to crown. Like, he wasn't listening. To, like, like why wasn't Nas the person chosen? Like, why? Like, these are other things that you gotta kind of question because it's one of the things where no, no, no. Like, similar to like the Aaliyah and Beyonce thing. It's not like no, no, no. If her plane wouldn't have randomly ran into a, right. a, a do we really are we really talking about Beyonce leaving Destiny's Child away to you know, and even adding one more, going back to what we said before, what what what, what Beyonce gonna age like? Is she gonna have the same longevity that Pat LaBelle and the Shaka Khan's and the because this current industry that we're in throws people away, especially right. Whitney Houston in the sixties, right? And that was the so you know what I'm saying. <laughs> And it, and it, and it's crazy too, cause I still think about, um, bro, what would a Tupac and Kendrick track be like? Right, like, right. Bro, that would go hard on some West Coast shit. That would go hard. Um, and and, and, and like you said, it's a, it'll be a throwaway industry, and it depending on what it will be going. And again, taking it all the way back to elder having elders and being around elders and stuff like it. It, it, it would be a different situation if some of these people were able to really live out their situations and live out their lives. Or some of these people didn't go to prison for such long times and kind of right. put dents in the ability to kind of do what they did. Like, And then they would have brought up other artists in front of them and their whole movements would have been pretty much uncontrollable. And the hip-hop industry itself wouldn't have been able to be contained and the so-called leaders wouldn't have been able to really wrap their arms around it, man. Like, it, And it, it's, it's just wild. It's just wild. Even people like Diddy, who like imagine uh, uh, Biggie saying, "You know what, Diddy, I don't want to rock with you. I'm gonna go mess with these people over here, this producers over here, and these artists right. over here." You know what I'm saying? It's a whole nother uh, reality, and it's 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 crazy that people kind of write it off, and we really at a pivotal point where we really gonna find in our lifetimes we're gonna find out what hip hop, the quality of hip hop really is and do people really even give a fuck? Because you already know certain stuff gonna be classic, but right. it's a situation where kids really don't care and some of the stuff that it, it's so much music and it's almost like a hip hop is like a machine now. So when so much music come out, you can't even say nothing that's classic. You can't say nothing in the class. You got people like Young Thug is saying he the new Tupac. Like they don't even make sense. And that's what right. that's the kind of stuff that we dealing with. You know, and that's just it's weird. It's weird. And then, with, like I said, with Jay-Z making an album, it's almost like, man, do y'all know who, how many artists and rappers out there that still make music that should and they make money and some of these dudes go overseas? Like, we, in our minds, these dudes been done, but they still go to Europe and, and do a tour and come back with at least 500000 and come back with a cool million. You know what I'm saying? Just off doing shit that they made in the 80s and 90s, like, it's real, but for some reason we don't appreciate it, and then we don't appreciate them. And then it's almost like they got to be dead, except for Jay Z and Lil Wayne. They got to be dead, and Lil Wayne about to a point where he making it hard for him to still even be a legend because he, it's like he he really ain't taking his music nowhere else. And and on, I mean, and and, and if this if, whenever this Carter Five or whatever number is supposed to be, uh, come out. If that's anything other than some legendary Wayne, it's a rap. Right. And that's how you see the light of day. I mean, and, and, and but one thing is, is why is because we, that's that's how we look at it. It's like you said, it's a, it's a young person's game. And it's kind of like, to what degree are we going to keep perpetuating, just being frank, a kind of self-hating, self-endearing, you know, self-demeaning, I'm sorry, self-demeaning, uh, 
way about being. What, what I mean by that is we all, if we are lucky, going to reach a certain age. So why are we, like, even in foreshadowing, it's kind of like, yeah, when you're young, you want to make a joke, like, oh, my God, Al Green out there still trying to sing. Or I remember, it, like, for me, you remember, you remember uh, Mr. Biggs? Yeah. And I remember the first time, be like, oh, this is Mr. Biggs, my mom, like, that's Ron Osley. <laughs> Like she kind of right. sharing the Ozzy brothers with me. I'm like, oh, so this is an old ass man. Oh, he lame right. as hell. Man. He lame. Right. It's like right. he still had it. Similar to Charlie Wilson right now. Like Charlie Wilson makes everything better. I, I feel like Charlie Wilson literally makes every track I ever hear better. Right. But he's right. he's still like there is something. No matter the age, we're still in a time period together. So why must we put the pressure on hip hop? of not allowing them to age in the music of, of their time. Right. But you got to say, Shaka Khan them ain't ever stopped. They, they didn't move over to what Rihanna doing right now because just because the times have changed because it was right. the same, you know, keep doing what she does. It's like, nah, I'm going to keep doing my shit because my shit always going to be dope. Right. It's timeless and it's classy. That's one hey. thing. That's one thing I seen somebody say about fashion one time. It's like, man, you really don't gotta keep up with trends if you wearing if you classic with what you got on. You know what I'm saying? Like, you always gonna be fresh. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you don't gotta worry about it or or end or not give a fuck. And so it's the same thing with this music. Like you, you, you really, if you make something that's timeless, it don't matter what people say. You got that one song. Like people can hate on Trinidad James. He get to probably steal tour off that all gold everything song. He's still right now, probably somewhere somebody wanted him to come perform that and pay right. him money. Man, but, but it, having that appreciation, especially as a folk culture that leads to things that are more popular, that's another thing we don't have the advantage of. Like our shit just go from, oh, we can make money off of this and we'll make people love this versus naturally right. organically people in this area already supported this. They want to share this with the rest of the world or the rest of this, the country, whatever, um, through this person. Um, and it naturally organically spreads so that everybody can put their twist on it. Like, literally right now, we're such in a hyper culture of everybody do it the same way right now. That it's kind of like, bro, we probably missed so much truly de- true development of a style or of a, a, way of, a way of doing things, dances and things like that, because it didn't spread organically. It didn't naturally take off. Right, right. You, know how, you remember how long we did the butterfly? Right, right. Think about how right. long we did the butterfly and 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 the crisscross and shit like that. Like for and and you got to start doing your different like uh, uh, percolate, man. Like this, like these are things that everybody that percolated around the country because it didn't it didn't get that big. It didn't need to get that big. Right, but it did numbers where it was at. I tell you what. It did. did. One thing I've learned as I've gotten older, Omar, and we traveled together, like, you'd be surprised who got on, though. Right. Right. And a lot of people got on. (laughs) A lot of people got on. A lot of people mess with the house music. Like, Believe it or not, North Carolina is an area that is um, transient more than anything. So we have a lot of cultures that we can pull from. Other places like, nah, you, yeah, we like house music. Yeah, we like hip-hop. North, South, and the West Coast, <laughs> and, and go go, yeah, and go go, like we, like yeah, because it's literally like everything's down the street from us or a flight away. Right, right, um, and that that's just wild. The whole that whole reality is wild, and it's almost like um, that's not something I agree with. With somebody was saying how 
it used to be back in the day where, uh, you know, you go to a new city and uh, you listen to the radio and it's the artists in their area with their music and what's popping, you know, then plus the few, you know, top 40 tracks that was popping um, as far as the hip hop was concerned. But now it's almost like everywhere you go, everything sounds the same. You can be in Kansas, you can be in L.A., it's the same shit, you know, it's the same locations and everything. And it's it's almost like you still got people, you still got the outliers, but it, they not getting the respect. And it's like, it's, it go back to what I was saying about the whole Jay-Z thing, where it's like, it's so much quality music that's different that it's like people rapping about stuff, people got good production, but we not really acknowledging it because we don't know that it exists because short of hearing about the artist or just going on SoundCloud and just searching the area or searching a, a, a genre and, and stumbling across somebody, you'll mess around and miss the whole situation. And, and there's so much dope music that's out there. So yeah, right. that's, that's one of the things that bothered me about the whole should I care thing. Cause it's almost like, it's almost like you saying, if it don't sound like future, I don't want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? If it don't sound like Ray Shrem, I don't want to hear it. If it don't sound like the music I hear on the radio, which sound like everything else, like everything sounds the same. So it's almost like if it ain't got that that little sound to it, I don't want to really go to it. But it's like when you go to that person's iPod, they got so much other music that don't sound nothing like the music that's out now. So it's like, how are you, how are you so pulled into that reality that that's what's popping. You know, you know, there's other stuff out there, but you're really limiting yourself to future and pretty much all these other artists that sound like that. Right. Um, so, you know, you know, the proof is in the pudding because even the kids listen to to some to some kind of to some kind of old school hip hop and some kind of you know uh, you know older um, music that that touched them in a way, but they at the, at the same time they they hold high you know the music of the day and the artists of the day and it's going to be interesting to see them because i'm curious to see you know pretty much i call these chief keith babies because when don't like came out that was like a real kind of pivotal moment too where you had this kind of young dude who was known for all his reckless stuff had this hard ass song he had a feature with a legend in kanye a legend in pusha t and a legend in Jada Kids, like, bruh, and a legend in Big Sean. Like, right. that's the ultimate win. And this little nigga on some other shit, and he on house arrest. <laughs> so it's like, he was the, I mean, he, he wasn't the first real one, but he was that one where all of these kids was really on some, I'm really into this super violent music, uh, this drill music. And they look, and another the artist that kind of about like, that. I feel like Chief Keep is only like the, if we use a religious kind of comparison, Chief Keith is Jesus, right? Because if we use yeah. Jesus, Jesus, Pastor the Christ thing, we just said it already. So Chief Keith right, is right, Jesus, right. and Gucci Mane is God. Because <laughs> right, it's kind of like, right. I was teaching around the Gucci and Boosie, you know what I'm saying? You see where I'm going with this? It was kind of like a yeah. that era yeah. of where hip-hop, again, captivated and changed the way people dress, their hair, like for some reason, Gucci brought a, a new, the more modernized urban struggle rap. And what I mean by that is like, nah, bro, we all live in good houses now. But guess what? Right. 
cops still come around here and busting people houses. It's like people baby mama still like, like it's it's still a culture you still don't fully understand because they knocking down all our projects. They not you know they they basically keep shipping us around. I, I live everywhere inside of you know 285, and I I actually moved out of you know out of Atlanta and came back. You know what I'm saying? It's so many different dynamics going on that they kind of introduced and. Gucci was a folk culture first, like him right. and young, like him, young Jeezy, and that whole kind of. It was kind of like no, like they similar to the generation before Dungeon Family. Like no, we are gonna seat this in Atlanta first. So when it goes anywhere else, it's gonna be so fucking stank Atlanta that you can't change it. Like you can't. <laughs> right, right, right. And that's what, and that's and and understand like Gucci was national, like. <laughs> And that's the same thing Chief Keith was. It's kind of like, y'all teens really listen to this shit. Like, you listen to this heavy. And love it. And love it. <laughs> that's the part that got me. I don't mind you listening to it because Pastor Troy has some ignorant-ass music that I listen to, even though he has some thoughtful music, too. Let's be clear. Pastor Troy made some thoughtful music. Um, but it was some ignorant shoot him up ass shit that I listened to. And, and it's a situation where... You know, I don't know. Somewhere for some reason it was still balanced, but the and that was another thing too. It was still like separation in my mind. Like Pastor Troy is this man, and I'm this boy, and he's talking about some grown man stuff, and I'm listening to it, but that's not what I'm doing. Chief Keith is some of these kids' age, you know. He or he ain't that much older than him, and he's talking about real life and some of the stuff he probably done did for real, or he done been in the car with the niggas that did it. So it's like. That's a whole different thing, and I'm curious to see what the maturation of this whole thing is. Because, like I said, what are they gonna listen to when they in their 40s and 60s? Like, are they still gonna be listening to that hardcore trap? Like, because the dudes that then I guess that's the other thing too. The dudes that was into that hardcore Snoop Dogg and all that music, it was other music out that they balanced it out with. But now it's to a point where a lot of the music is pretty much shoot 'em up, drugs and women. You know what I'm saying? So it's almost like What's gonna be the, again? Like we don't talk about before the end game for this whole this whole situation. Um, but with that, I think I want to go into this uh, last word. Um, like I said, R.I.P. the Prodigy. Uh, in his and condolences to his family again. Um, uh, with this whole uh, Tupac movie again, I don't really want to see it. I became I'm a Biggie fan at heart. But later on, once I got into my adult years and my old, like when I got to be, when I went to grad school, really, and I had a chance to really kind of grow up and mature and understand people and understand music and understand how somebody used their reach and used their ability to kind of talk about things that matter. Like Tupac kind of gets the highlight and gets the trophy just because he was willing to put his career on the line, put certain things on the line just to speak on the ills of the world. And I think that's kind of dope. And that took some balls and probably end up being one of the things that are the reasons why he had his life took. But, um, you know, it's sad that they fumbled. But again, you should have known that they was going to fumble because it's Tupac. And when you know who he, who he is and the bloodline that he come from is no, it just makes sense because he would have eventually been that politician that was running for president and would have won for real in real life. So, um, you know, uh, hopefully, uh, other other movies are made and other things and stories are told that people can get the reality on that. And on this Jay Z album, um, I'm 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 excited to hear it. Um, I'm also scared to hear it because I feel like um, 
Jay-Z is going to experiment in a way, so he might have one song on there that's a little bit like, really, Jay, this is what you put out. But at the same time, um, I'm excited because it's Jay-Z. I know he's going to have some good production. I know he's going to have some features. He's probably going to have a dope track on there with Future. Probably going to have a dope track on there with um, uh, who Khaled, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, of course, the track with Beyonce, so um, it should be anyway. But um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited. I wish I wish I would pay for it. I will say that I wish I would pay for it because Jay Z and uh, Little Blue Ivy and Beyonce they're doing just fine. So um, yeah, that's my last word. Um, that was awesome. Oh, uh, my last word. Uh, similarly, um, first and foremost, R.I.P. to uh, Rest in Power, The Prodigy. Um, I'm glad his battle with uh, Sickle Cell is no longer, uh, you know, having to be fought in this uh, physical presence. Um, as we go forward, one thing I want to talk about uh, in my final words, really kind of like making sure you do things to um, offer your narrative out here. Like I don't leave it to, to Hollywood or newspaper or, or even my institution to be able to tell my story at the end of all this and what I was really about and who I was really about. Um, that's what I really depend on, um, the things I do, uh, the things I write down, the things I, I, I share, and who I am as a person to do. So one thing that I really want to stress as far as that Tupac movie, even the Jay-Z project and, and even Prodigy Passing is like um, allowing yourself to, 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 to be the author of your own narrative and, and the, the, the capital of your own life. So it, even, even with the movie being put out, like people will know who you are. And not be able to, have, not have to even question it, and I even probably have to go see the movie. Word, word. Well, with that, thank y'all for joining us for another version of King Pigeon. Peace. Peace, peace. <laughs>